Hi, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Barely Controversial. Before starting, this is a trigger warning, so you are aware that abuse within a relationship will be the focal point of this episode. If you are in any way triggered by topics pertaining to abuse, we would advise not to listen into this episode. We will be providing links on where to get informed and get help if you find yourself in an abusive situation. This will be on our social media pages and in the description of this episode. You are not alone. If you do choose to listen in, we hope that this story being shared helps you or a loved one going through something similar. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Barely Controversial Podcast with me, Rihanna. Idol. And NDN. So yeah, we do have a lot of topics to talk about. Um, quite a few serious things have happened. Let's get into it. Perfect. So because of certain situations that have arisen this week, we felt compelled to use our platform to speak on a topic such as um, mental abuse that happens in relationships that is not spoken of. Um, we feel that women are continuously told and felt well, and feel rather to, that they need to be silent and not speak on the mental abuse that they incur when they are in relationships. And so we have Alexandra here today to speak on what has happened to her. And hopefully this will inspire so many other women to speak up, to continue this conversation. Our DMs are always open and we hopefully we, we hopefully want to inspire at least one woman that is in, in such a situation to speak up for herself, to know that she's not alone and there are avenues for her to get help, which we are going to leave on our Instagram page um, and also towards the end of um, this podcast today. So, Alexandra, how are you feeling? It's been a very intense couple of weeks for myself. Um, and it's definitely been a very eye-opening experience. Um, I think for a lot of people, it's not until you're completely out of a situation that you can really assess and look back at the things that you've been through. And with communicating with other people, you actually kind of realise that the situation that you were in wasn't right. Um, and the situation that you were in was abusive, um, so for me and my personal experience, I know a lot of you guys have noticed that I haven't really been posting like on Instagram and, you know, I posted yesterday and I was like, where have you been? Where have you been? I really needed to take this time out for myself to really assess a previous situation and really come to terms and accept it for what it was. Yeah. And I was just going to ask you, what was that situation? So I was in a relationship for just over a year with an individual and I would say in the beginning stages of the relationship, I think there were a lot of things that stood out to me that I knew deep down weren't right. There are a lot of things I became aware of from said individual, which didn't actually sit with my morals as a person, you know, like how I've been raised in and just knowing what is right and wrong um, that I suppress, that I didn't question, that I didn't walk away from. Um, and sorry, things, sorry. Mm. 
are you able to express what these things are just in case these could be potential warning signs for other women? Yeah, um, I would say a lot of the things that I became privy to were of a sexual deviancy. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, as in, he was deviant, like he kind of, like, in, in what way? Yeah. Like, so, obviously, not to go into too much detail, obviously, because there's other people involved that obviously don't know that we're having this conversation and obviously like respect their confidentiality and like their privacy um you know it came aware to me that there was sexual relations with people that were underage it also became apparent to me that there were other kind of just stories that really didn't in hindsight makes sense to me but the way that this person made me feel and the way that this person kind of walked these stories and ideals in my head it poisoned me to think that these victims were the people in the wrong Mm -hmm. and that this person that I was in a relationship with was the victim he was the one that was lied to he was the one that was manipulated he didn't ask to be in any of these situations but looking back now and knowing what I know now after having conversations with these people it was literally all a lie every single thing that this individual ever told me was a complete and utter lie and it's really painful for me knowing how I think you guys can probably know now I'm very headstrong I always stand up for what is right you know I know what's right right from what's wrong and I will never let down my integrity and you know going through that relationship there were so many times where my mother was like this is not right there's not something right there's times when you guys were like Alex there's something here is not right but this individual managed to get into my head and poisoned me really into feeling like I had to be this poised, steadfast, speak when spoken to, don't question anything. And he isolated me from a lot of people, especially yourself, Nadine. You know, there were conversations where he said, you're not speaking to her anymore. Do not speak to her. There were other friends that I've lost along the way that there's these are, he's burnt many bridges for me with friends that I've had for years you know, there's one person in particular that I really want to reach out to again, but that bridge is burnt so severely that I have lost someone that I consider a very close friend. And the reason why that bridge was burnt was because he didn't want his lies to be exposed. This is something that upon research, a lot of men um, and women, because women can also um, abuse, you know, it can be both ways. It really isn't down to sex. It can be both ways um, that they isolate the a person that is being abused so they don't get any other viewpoints and essentially they're only being fed information and viewpoints from the abuser so you're correct that does happen on an everyday basis to so many women and and with you saying that you did separate yourself um you know I did I did realize that and you did mention to me at some point Obviously, when it came to you expressing how you were feeling or he's done something again that was wrong or you found something else out or he overreacted over something that didn't mean anything or he tried to gaslight you. Obviously, as your friends, you'd go to us, you'd express it to us. Um, But I think at some point you felt as though it was a bit too constant to to where you you basically stopped talking to us at all. Like there was definitely... 
a break in terms of a pattern because I know how often I speak to you personally and at a certain point in time you weren't like I didn't really hear from you and you noted that that was why yeah like I went on holidays with this individual and I didn't even tell you guys, you know, I would meet up with this individual and I'd say, oh yeah, like I'm just going to like the shop or, oh, I met up with so-and-so and really like it was him because it got to the point where that I was so consumed in this person and I felt like I had to protect his secrets, you know. I felt like if I did anything wrong, it would be a detrimental factor to him does that make sense so by me just kind of like latching onto this individual not speaking about it with anyone I felt like I was keeping him safe and that that was the right thing to do instead of telling people about the things that he would do and the things that like he would say and the things that he had done in his past now obviously everyone does have a past I've got a past you know we all do but you know I never dug with him to tell me anything I'm not that kind of person you know when you feel comfortable in telling me something then that's at your complete leisure and that's something that you have complete power over and I know it's like very early in the relationship for example he would overshare a lot of information mm-hmm. and you know he would tell me a lot of things and I would think I remember speaking to my male colleague and being like bro like is this normal that this person is like coming to me and just offloading oh yeah I did this and they were like really bad things like things that you would think that you would keep to yourself do you Mm. know what I mean not things that you would be proud to express to someone especially a potential partner and looking back now it was his way of testing me Mm. it was his way to test cool what is the most extremely bad thing that I've done that I can tell this person to see if she like sinks or swims Basically. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And I think it's also, so, I think it's also a way for him to kind of bond you two together. So to make you feel that you're he's being so well, it's twofold. He wants you to bond. He wants you guys to bond together. Um, it's not a soul tie type of bond. It's actually a very toxic bond where he feels that if he offloads all this seedy information to you, then you will have this feeling of you need to protect him which you did yeah exactly and the second fold is I personally feel just because I know this individual we actually went to school together um we I personally feel that he did that because he wanted you to offload onto him and to tell your secret to him so that he could then hold that against you which I think he was always planning to do hence why I mean, we can cut this bit out if you don't want me to say it, but Mm. hence why he would do certain things such as, you know, go through your phone whilst you're sleeping. Like you've told me this has happened at least twice. Like you've given me scenarios where this has happened at least twice. And that's him like digging, trying to find as much information on you as possible. So Mm -hmm. he has something on you. Definitely. Yeah, like, yeah, there was one situation where I was working and I started getting loads of notifications and it was him. And I was like, what is all of this? And he decided to spend basically a majority of his day putting my name through Google, putting my full name, parts of my name, my ethnic name, Instagram handles. He was literally going through Google with a fine tooth comb to pull up anything about me to the point where he even found my tumblr account from like 2011 
My Tumblr account doesn't even exist anymore. Tumblr deleted my account because it was deactivated. And he had gone onto a website that holds like information because I think when Tumblr kind of like started falling off at that time, data protection wasn't really a thing. Mm. So they sold all the information to like a third party website who still held all that information. And he had made a request to that website to release my entire Tumblr feed. What? From 2011, 2012. Oh my God. And he started sending me pictures of me and ex-boyfriends from when I was 16. He was sending me pictures of like tattoos. He was sending me all of these. And, and I was like, what the fuck? I felt so exposed in that moment. I felt like every single inch of me, every single millisecond of my life was in his hands at that point. You know, things that I can't even remember from like 2008, he had it. Like there was no escaping it. That was my life. So I felt like in that moment, he had me completely. And I know that this is a triggering question for a lot of people, but it is a question that I want to understand and potentially the listeners want to understand. He was going to these extreme lengths to, you know, essentially try to find out more about you than you were letting him know and potentially try Mm. to use that to embarrass you or to hurt you. So Mm. why did you stay? I felt like, okay, this is probably quite complex. So fundamentally, honestly, religion has a lot to do with it. And when I first met this individual, I was on a path where that I was exploring Islam in more detail. These were conversations I was having with like my two very close friends that Rihanna knows quite well because we always used to work together. So when we kind of came together in this union, you know, we made it very apparent from the jump, you know, that this was something that was going to be covered in God's presence. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So, and because he was very not extreme is not the right word. He was very passionate about his religion. You know, he was, you know what he was like, Nadine, he would talk about religion all the time and it was very intense. Yeah. Every day, every day. Yeah. Yeah. It was very passionate, you know? And so for me, you know, kind of moving into this new path of faith and then also trying to make a good impression to like your partner, I had, it was like an immense feeling of pressure where that, I felt in that moment that I needed to put my best foot forward, that I needed to show that I was forgiving, that I needed to show that I was steadfast, that I needed to show that I was a good wife, that I needed to show that whatever happened between me and my potential husband, because we did have plans to get married, was between me, him and Allah. And that was it. That is as far as the conversation went. So not only was it kind of like, there was almost like a relationship bondage and almost actually a spiritual bondage at the same Mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. And that is a lot of pressure to put on someone. Um, And yeah, like he, you know, there was times when I said to myself many times, I'm not happy. I can't do this. This is not right for me. This is not the right person for me. You know, this is not right. And You know, instead of me taking those signs as being directly from God, as being like a message to say, get out of there. Mm. 
it sounds so bad to say, but I almost put him before God at one point. Yeah. I can definitely. I would say um, it, it did start off quite intensely as well. Yeah. Um, just with the way, and I, I feel as though that has something to do with obviously the backstory, you knowing him for so long. Mm. Um, obviously you, ha- you have your own backstory, so you can, you can share it if you like. But um, obviously that, that sounds ideal. It's like, oh, we, we came from here and then we... Yeah, he definitely played on that. Yeah, like that, that's one thing that would really, I guess, I guess push you to try and make it work because it, it, it started off. So it's like, a, it's like a cute backstory, if you will. Yeah. Um, and then, I don't know, with, with how everything went and the certain things that you found out in the end... No, not even in the end, like throughout and everything that, that you went through and then talking of marriage so early on. Very early on. I, remember, I would say, so, yeah, I you remember. remember. I remember. I would say that, that's a big warning sign itself. Um, mm-hmm. But obviously, I maybe it's, that's what you were looking for at the time. You were looking for someone serious, mm-hmm. like you wanted to get down to business because um, I, like you're, you're a relationship person. Mm-hmm. You like that companionship. So I think that... That really spurred you on, and he played on that a lot. Like I remember, there was one time yeah. where we had like a bit of an argument at the very beginning of our relationship, and I was walking away, and he grabbed me and he was like, "But we're getting married." All of oh. that, man. And I remember in that moment feeling like, "Fuck, yeah." And that commitment to God and that commitment to a person for my life came before my own feelings. So he would always say, if I ever tried to walk away, if I ever tried to like, question anything, his response would be, but we're getting married. So awful. Would you say that you like the idea of him more than him and how he treated you, essentially? Like I, it was an idea of fantasy. Yeah, I mean, honestly, now looking back, obviously the whole thing was very much a fantasy because that's what he made it, if that makes sense. But I don't know, like I never, because obviously like before I even got into that relationship with this individual, I was not out here on these streets like I want to find a husband. Like you guys know, well, Nadine, we weren't even back in contact really around that time. But like for you, Rihanna, you know, like I was doing my thing. I had just got like my new job. I was out here, like everything was fine. Like, so it wasn't like I was out here, like searching for a husband. So then I clung on to him as soon as he was like talking that talk that I wanted to hear because that wasn't even in my vision at that point, like at all. That's fine. I would just say that. But it's something that you want ultimately. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I think a lot of people do, you know, everyone wants a companion, you know, everyone wants someone to be there for them, but not in this way, you know, not in this way. Um, So yeah, like, it's just crazy to me. And the fact that I'm having other women come to me, apologizing to me that he has abused basically you know, one girl came to me saying that she'd gone through it with this guy for four years, ongoing for four years of his manipulation, ongoing for four years of him doing these kind of things to her, you know, and it's just correct. The magnitude is what scares me. Yeah. It's the magnitude, it's the magnitude, him preying on single mothers, for example, that is so scary to me. Mm. And you think, and obviously he'll never admit to it. Never. He never will. You can't escape him. He'll see you the next day and the next day and you'll be with each other all day and he'll be on the phone with you all day. So he knows 
what you're doing, where you are, who you're with, what conversations that you're having, how much time you have in the day. There'd be times when I didn't speak to him for an hour and he would think that I'm doing the maddest things. Yeah, I, I can be testament to that. There'll be times when me and you, about every single time me and you, almost like 90% of the times that me and you have gone to Shisha, because um, we used to do this thing every Friday, we'd just go Shisha. Like he would always be the one to pick her up. Um, yeah. There were times when me and you would go to central London to go and eat. He'd come through at the end. Like it was very much like I couldn't see Alexander without seeing yeah, he had to be there all the time. He had to always pick me up. He would come through, like, even when me and Nadine had, like, an apartment one day, one night, he ended up coming through to Central and staying in the apartment. I, I could never be on my own, ever. Literally. Literally. There were even times... Oh, let me not even go into it, but, yeah, like, there would be times when, you know... Oh, let's not go into it, but just know that he would even want to be in this... Like, she would come out with me, and he would then say, oh, okay, I'm going to be around that area with my boy just walking around. Like, he would just want oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. where she is. And it was just so suffocating and weird to me. Yeah. So, like, I was out one evening. I was going to go and meet Nadine. And he was like, where are you going to be? And I was like, I can't remember where it was. It was somewhere in Central. And he was like, okay, cool. Like, we're, I'm going to come with my boy and we're just going to walk around. That's that's the area or whatever yeah he was going to drive to where I was with his friend and they were going to walk around the area that I was in because I was there so things like that and it's it's funny I guess when it's happening obviously I guess it's it's never happened to me but just from hearing about all the things that you you've gone through just so there's so many signs so many red flags and it's Mm -hmm. like what was it that's led you on because obviously um, you, you've told me things about yourself and your personality and things you've been through that may have um, contributed to you staying mm. in a situation like that. You wanted to get into it. Um, I think it was literally just, like I said, like I just felt like I needed to be the bigger person. I needed to be the strong one. You know, I needed to be the good wife that stuck by her husband's side, you know, that had to uplift him, you know, that potentially had to like run a really good home and raise children. And I felt like I was, I had to, I had to start playing a role. Does that make sense? You know, I had to show how loyal I was. I had to show how... Prove yourself, basically. I had to prove myself. Yeah. It was constantly like, I remember he would say to me all the time to like scare me. He would be like, okay, you're going to have to prove yourself to me. Mm. He would be like. Making you question your character as well. Yeah. That was a big thing. And I remember there were times where he would say to test you, to prove yourself to me. I don't want you to talk to me for three days. Oh God. Or he would say, I don't want you to speak to me for two days. And I would literally do it. I would do it. I would be like, cool, I need to prove to him that I have discipline, so I'm not going to speak to him for three days. And And then when I would come back after the three days, he would be like praising me. And it was like this weird, like abuse and then praise situation whether I wanted him to say to me Ali you did so well you know you know you didn't contact me and like it sounds so ridiculous you know it sounds crazy but I would do these like skill tests to prove myself to him and so since this situation like you guys have ended and you know like it's been a horrible horrific end obviously you have had people come to you um, with very similar stories and actually, you know, apologising 
for seeing you as the evil person it'll, it'll be good for you to just speak on that quickly yeah um so there was one individual that I was aware of in, from the beginning of our relationship who initially he dismissed as just being a friend and I had no issue with that at all it then came to my attention a couple of months after the fact that they had been in a sexual relation with each other and the circumstances of that sexual relation is not appropriate. I don't want to go into it just for the, um, you know, confidentiality of said person. Um, but that was definitely something that sat very badly with me. Heavy. Um towards the kind of last couple of months of me having interaction with this individual I became aware that they were in contact with each other again and it made me so mad and it wasn't because I felt jealous it wasn't because I felt jilted it was because I knew that their history was something that was immoral and it was something unacceptable and I knew that from a young age she had been manipulated by this person so to know that I had even got on to him about it and said, why would you do that to her? She was young. You should have known better. You were the adult in that situation, you know? And he accepted in that moment that it was wrong and that it's not something that he should have done. But for him to then go back to that individual knowing that he could. Mm. So he did. Mm. And that made me very angry. So I tried to contact her and I just liked a few of her pictures on Instagram just to get her attention because I didn't want to send her a long message because I didn't want to scare her, you know. I didn't want to come across strong because we are older than this person, you know. So I thought, let me just like a few of her pictures just to get her attention to see if she messages me. And I fell asleep and I woke up to him shouting down the phone at me, shouting. And I was like, fuck. Because I'm, and I knew in that moment that he had her at his beck and call, you know, it was like a cult leader that you say one thing and you run straight back to the cult leader and report or you snitch on someone else in the cult, mm -hmm. you know, and she felt this loyalty towards him like I did. Even after four years, she still felt this un undenying loyalty towards this person that she ran straight to him, you know, to tell him that I had done that. So after that situation happened, we left it. And then as of recent, that same individual has approached me and she's actually apologized to me. She said that she had been extremely manipulated by this person for the past four years. And she just said, you know, he made you the enemy in my eyes and I was stupid enough to believe it. And hearing that, and she even said as well, something to the effect of, you don't know how much this means to me talking to you because no one else understands. And that is how I feel. No one else understands unless you've had an interaction with this said individual, you can talk to people and they'll be like, you sound crazy. You sound mad. Why did you stick around? You should have left ETC. But for her to say, I'm so glad that I can talk to you because you, you've been in it too with this person. Mm -hmm. Mm. gave me a lot of comfort to know it's not just me. I'm not crazy. I'm not making things up. This person is a dangerous person. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. That's really good. Yeah. Like, I felt that was necessary just so 
there's an understanding that this is a continued continuous pattern and that it's never ever there's never going to be a woman that will change him he will men like him will continue to be like this and the end goal isn't for that happy loving relationship that they portray it is honestly just control it's control it's control honestly and so alexandra um how would you like to address women that may potentially be in this position or women that have been touched by this they may know somebody in this position or women that are just now aware how would you like to end this what would you like to say to them i would just say if you're ever faced in a situation where that you hear something from a partner or they act a certain way that makes you feel uncomfortable, you have to go with your gut instinct. You, it's difficult and it's not easy at all, especially when you feel like you are in love with someone. But if there's something that makes you feel unsafe or something that immediately you question, you need to talk to someone, whether that's a friend, whether that's a family member, whether that is, I don't know, your counsellor, just to get a second opinion on what you've been faced with. Because sometimes really you just need that other person to be like, yeah, that doesn't sound right. Because if you keep these things to yourself, then they can get into your mind, oh, it's only you that thinks this. No one else thinks this. So don't try as much as possible not to isolate yourself. And if you do find someone that you can confide in, make sure that you tell them that, you know, this is something that you're coming to them in confidence with and you just need a safe space to have that dialogue with someone and don't be afraid to leave. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's important. And recognize abuse tactics as well. Yeah. 100% and like Nadine said like we'll share like loads of like information and like links and stuff for you guys to like have a look at but fundamentally for your own safety for your own peace of mind you sometimes you just have to walk away yeah yeah and even though I just want to add in just to bring it back to you that even though it didn't end you know in the most beautiful like it didn't end nicely like at all the relationship ended horrifically in terms of what he did to you but in hindsight I don't think you were ever going to leave him and so the beautiful thing is that yes even though he turned he you know he had left you you are now leaving a toxic situation and I thought like you've been set free now Mm-hmm. 100% but it's scary because and I'll be very very honest part of me because of the extent of the abuse if he came and I'm going to be 100% honest with you guys because I have to be I can't sit here and say if he did not turn back up at my house today and say let's start, let's start again that I would say no I know <laughs> and that's just me being 100% honest to not create any disillusions to people that it's so cut and dry and so easy. It's a process. It's not something that changes overnight, especially if you've been in a relationship with you for someone for like years, even if it's a couple of months, the process is very, very long until you can be set free, but it's possible. It is possible. Yeah. It's just one of those things and you are actively helping yourself. Yeah. Which is one thing I'm, I'm proud of you for. Like you've, you've really been trying like trying to get on track obviously this is kind of um 
this has affected you a lot in, in many ways, like physically, mentally, and all of that, which has been, you know, obviously sad to see as your friend. And um, we hope that we've been supporting you well. So I guess I any- you have You've been amazing. Yeah. Anything you do need, just let us know so that we can just help, you know, improve your strength in this, in anything. So that when it comes down to it, if he does turn up to your house, you can slam the door in his face. Close the door. Fuck me. I'm going to do it. I'm going to pull up. Pull it all the way up. Because, sorry, best believe I'll not ever let that man into your, in, enter into your space ever again. Like, it's not even possible at this point. Like, Junior won't have it. Can't go backwards. Huh? We can't. Just based, we can't go backwards just based on everything that this situation has done. Like, no. <laughs> Girl, you, can't, you, can't, you can't be set back like this, man. It's, it's not. Trust me. We're going to go back to a place that you even know you're not happy and you're not you're not ever going to be Alexandra again if you go back with this person. Like you, you a thousand percent. As much as you're saying that you can't say whether you're going to go back with him, I feel like you need to say these things so you can believe it. I believe in the power of your tongue and the things that you say are so powerful. So even if you don't believe what you're saying, say it so then that is... That is to your testimony. That's your truth. That's your truth. Mm-hmm. When that becomes your truth, at least you've been you've been saying it. So yeah, there's power in the tongue, and um, yeah, like I'm gonna give give you the floor, Alexandra, because this is your week. So yeah, so in the aftermath of obviously everything that's happened, I really need to take the time to focus like on my mental and physical health because you know it's been very very stressful and traumatic these past couple of weeks so I will be taking a break from the pod but I will be back very soon and obviously it's being left in very good hands um but yeah there's other things I need to focus on like my health is my main priority right now um and there's loads of exciting other things that I'm doing behind the scenes as well that I'm gonna try and preoccupy myself with but I will be back sooner than later and just to add in that it is so like one thing that I realized as somebody that had a mental breakdown two years ago, that there is no, that no money can buy like peace of mind. And absolutely, I'm very happy that you're prioritizing your peace of mind so you can just get better, get well, so you can come back better than ever before. And, um, like she said, the pod is obviously in good hands. Me and Rihanna will pick up, we'll take speed, and yeah, we'll make sure that y'all are having great content, fun content, relevant. Whoop, whoop. Come on, come on. <laughs> and um, and yeah, we're excited for the next couple of weeks. It's, it's going to be fun. And um, yeah, Alexandra is still our babe. She just needs to prioritize her peace of mind. I need some time. I need some time. Come back stronger than ever. Absolutely. Talking as much shit as before. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, definitely. Mina Deans, we're, we're, you know, we're, we're taking the wheel and we're going to keep bringing you guys content. Amazing. Anyway, this was our fourth episode. Hope everyone has a good evening or morning, afternoon, whenever you're listening to the pod. And we'll be back with you guys very soon. Bye.